Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga, with player picks as dazzling as Bayern's treble winning exploits, fantasy advice as nervy as Bremen's Bundesliga survival, and two pundits who cannot wait for this season to get underway. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all, and welcome back. My name is James Surrogate. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 4, Match Day 1. And even though we haven't been gone for that long, it is so, so good to be back. Now, this show wouldn't be complete without my favourite partner in crime. We thought we might lose him towards the back end of last season, but fortunately for us, both he and Bremen survived the summer. It is the one and only fantasy football got himself, Flo Reinecker. Flo, how are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I'm good. I'm, I'm excited to, to talk to you again. We've did some uh, off-air already, James, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to to make it official and, you know, I made a folder for the fire we're going to record. And you know what it read, the folder? I'd love to know. Season four. Season four. Can you imagine that? I don't know. You know what? When we started this flow, I don't think I ever thought we'd go four seasons. Yeah. It's crazy. It's our fourth season as a fantasy podcast and I'm still loving it. Well, that, this is it. I, I mean, I think, yeah, as I mentioned, Bremen's woes, I think maybe a burning question for everyone over these summer months. And, and I know it was for me especially, but, uh, you know, what was harder for you to recover from? Was it Bremen's roller coaster survival scheme or finishing behind me in the Bundesliga fantasy standings last season? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I like I was... I was not paying as much attention to my own fantasy team at the end of the season because I like I was so worried about <laughs> about uh, Bremen's fate and yeah, I really was nervous. So in hindsight, I, I'm I'm devastated that like for once you finished above me, but um, I'm I'm definitely like I'm I'm throwing you my. Uh, like the, I, I challenge you for this year, James, and, and it will be as always before. <laughs> and you, you'll just see my heels. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. Yeah, I am very used to to that view. I'll be honest. Uh, in the Bundesliga fantasy world, and so yes, I felt I had to revel in the moment just for a second. Uh, the fact that yes, for the first time in what yes, no, it's good. this is the four, yeah, totally we've had deserved, four, four seasons of Bundesliga fantasy, and I think this was the one where I made the least mistakes. So I'll take that as the reason that I finished above you. <laughs> but yeah, on that note, I guess we should also maybe take this opportunity to encourage anyone listening, whether it be for the first time or whether you've been with us for all three previous seasons, uh, to join our league, Talking Fußball Fantasy League, on the Bundesliga official fantasy game. All you need to do is go to your leagues and in the search bar, type in Talking Fußball, all one word. And instead of having a Schaffer's S, as we would have in German, you have two S's instead. So that should be relatively easy to search. Uh, what I might do as well is on the Talking Foosball Twitter account, send out a link to join the league before kickoff on Friday night. I'll do that on Friday uh, so that anyone that hasn't been able to spell it all out can grab it from there. We've got 597 players right now. We'd like that to increase before the start of the season to so see what you can do. But uh, without further ado, let's crack on with the show. And as we normally do, when we're starting out a new season, flow, we like to go a bit back over the basics. And there are episodes in our history that you can go back to. There was Bundesliga Fantasy 101 and I think Bundesliga Fantasy 101.2 um, as well that really do cover most of the bases but we'll do a bit of the basics now and I think one of the big questions that people ask themselves before the start of every season flow is how much flexibility do I go for do I go for a 15 man squad and spend less in all the positions or do I maybe go for 14 or 13 
knowing that I still have a bit of flexibility, but I'm also saving some money uh, and bringing in some 1 million budget players. Yeah, I'm always been a 15 uh, man squad. And, and I think that's the way to go. That doesn't mean that you don't have cheap players in your squad. But if I have cheap players in my squad, I want them to actually feature. And I think we'll touch on a few that will play or at least have a good shot at playing on the first match day. And I think that's very important because flexibility is such a huge part of this game because you have to swap in and out players, you have to change the captaincy, uh, your, your star man in uh, every positions. So I think that's very important to keep that in mind, to be, stay flexible, to, um, be aware of the schedule, the different kickoff times. I think that's, that's so key to success. And I, I, I don't believe that anyone who's not paying attention to that can, be really successful. He can, you can still have a good game and uh, good match days is, uh, days here and there. But I think in the long run, like guys who are active, they, they will overtake you. So, uh, no question. I would, I would like to field 15 players. And I think they're like this season. We've, we've got a few cheap goalkeepers already. Uh, which makes it uh, totally viable. I think you can get there having 15 players uh, who who are predicted to start uh, on the first match day, and and that's definitely uh, something. Like I, I won't do uh, anything else. Yeah, flexibility, and it comes in many forms, as Flo points out, is one of the keys to this Bundesliga fantasy game because for anyone that's used to a more static fantasy experience out there, we do have a game where you can chop and change throughout the weekend. So if your player on Friday night doesn't perform to the peak of his powers and doesn't pick up that many points and you've got someone on your bench that plays on Sunday, you can transfer them in and out and use substitutions to maximise the most out of your squad and give yourself ultimately the most chances at getting a big points haul and that's why we're talking about that 15-man squad we want bench players that if the uh, the the starting line that we pick on a Friday night some of them don't perform that we can make changes throughout the weekend um, and do that and that's why it's also worth spreading through the fixtures because you want guys that are playing on the Sunday we do have a couple of match days later on in the season that will feature Monday night matches as well so that will come into play um, um, and so really I mean yeah one of the the big questions I think we're all facing is how best to use your 150 million Euro budget uh, in this game and we do say that goalkeepers are probably one of the least priorities when it comes to spending big although I will say this Flo I am pleased to see yeah, don't tell Milan that <laughs> well yeah maybe not actually yeah very true our good friend Milan who constantly asks about goalkeeping options we're getting into it early here Milan but I have to say the, the goalkeeping prices for me Flo this season are a lot fairer yeah. and a lot more balanced and I like that a lot yeah agree 100% so there are a lot of viable options we got we got a few goalkeepers around 5 million or even cheaper, I think, uh, who, who are starting. And so that, uh, that's great. Uh, I think it really helps. We don't have to wait for an injury or a suspension to get a really cheap goalkeeper in. And that has been the case in the last years. 
usually. Uh, very true, actually. If anything, we've already had one injury that we'll talk about later that may have opened up a, a cheap goalkeeping option already. I mean, I was thinking about the best advice that we could give. And, and I talked about, I think, over many a show, We've uh, for me, we've got the three Fs in this game. It really is about flexibility. It's about being free scoring. You want to be picking up players that are involved in shots on goal or creating shots on goal, whether that be defenders, whether that be midfielders, whether it be strikers. You want people involved in the action in the final third. And then it comes down to fun as well, because for me, one of the biggest parts of this game is having fun. You need to have fun, else it's not really worth your time sitting there every weekend and making changes throughout the weekend. You've got to be having fun with it as well. Um, And so we hope that we can inspire a little bit of that with our show. But is there any other last piece of advice you'd want to give out, Flo, before we crack on uh, with really the meat and grit uh, of this episode? Yeah, load up on Bremen players, but I think we'll we'll touch on that later. That's definitely the way to be... uh, contrarian going into the season but I mean sky's the limit for that squad it's just amazing well you're right the only way is up my friend the only way is up but it is that type of advice ladies and gentlemen that means is the reason that he's got his reputation as the fantasy football got uh flo reinecker but we will now get into the meat of it so part one in the bag uh now i actually i will say we normally do listener questions in part one but genuinely we've got so much to cover we figured we would hopefully be doing our job justice and covering most of the questions you would have if we do our job correctly uh, tonight. But what Flo and I will say is that if you do have any last minute questions about, you know, your squad choices before kickoff on Friday night, uh, please feel free to get in touch with us on Twitter. We'll throw out our handles later on in the show uh, and you can get in touch with us there and we will happily field any and all questions or as many as we can before kickoff uh, to help you with those last minute decisions because Flo I know is going to be making some last minute decisions given the fact that he hasn't even done his first draft yet the crazy man <laughs> so true actually it is a tradition yeah, as always as always <laughs> I'm always starting on Thursday before the season starts I don't want to be, uh, be biased when I go into my decisions I want to have a clear picture of who's playing and who's not to make my decision that's just has always been the case and I don't want to fall in love with players who at the end like are not good choices so I'm 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 going into it with a totally free mind I look like I look today to prepare for the podcast but I haven't done an actual draft I, I th- you know what I think that's not an a bad approach really to it all I I had to make a team the minute the game opened up just to have Kai Harvitz in my team for as long as I could before he left and unfortunately that day did finally come but anyway we will leave it there for part one join us in part two we will be going through each and every Bundesliga side out there uh, and highlighting at least three players from each team. Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy. And yes, it is now time to get into the heart of the action. And I was thinking about how best to structure the show. How could we do it? Should it be a Q&A format where we maybe just do listener questions? But I thought the best way to do it is maybe just authentic player picks from Flo and myself, breaking it down team by team, 18 Bundesliga sides, and we'll stick to our traditional picks of the Vegas choice, the Super Schnäppchen, and the Banker, and we'll do one of each for each and every side. And there will be a talking point we'll discuss as well. We'll see how time goes as to how deep we go into all of the topics that we do have written down. Uh, But we will kick things off, and we might as well just follow the way the table went last season. So we'll start with the big boys, Bayern München, at the top eight titles in a row someone's got to topple them this season surely so Flo how are we feeling about their squad who would your player picks be who stands out in the summer months I mean the good thing is that they're playing on a Friday evening and so we got clarity of 
who is going to start. Uh, although I think um, because of the, uh, like, Kuman is in quarantine right now, so he, he most definitely won't play on Friday. And, and then they only have Nabri and Sunny as wingers left. So I think that, that gives us, uh, would have given us clarity even if they would play on Saturday. But it's definitely a good, a good thing that they're playing on, on the Friday evening game. So we know who's actually in the starting lineup. And I, uh, like everyone, uh, out there should definitely check if they got Bayern players in their draft, which, yeah, probably all of you do, uh, check if they are in the lineup b before. You have to, you can change it anytime. Um, and that's definitely one thing you should keep in mind. And I mean, Lewandowski is a lock. I, I don't think there's <laughs> really? any really beating around. Are you sure about yeah. that? <laughs> I mean, he's just 18 million. He's so close to the rest of the field right now. Uh, I think there's no point in uh, fading and not playing uh, Lewandowski. Um, there's some uncertainty because I think Bayern, they started training like a week ago. It's not long ago. Um, they started last, last week. So, um, they haven't played any games since the Champions League final when they're going uh, into the Friday game, but it's still Schalke. So, uh, very <laughs> interested in, in Robert Lewandowski. Serge Nabry is the striker now. Which means I'm not interested in him anymore, yeah, wah, wah, unfortunately, wah. although I like him. Um, Zane for 17 million. I actually might lean Zane, uh, if I want to pick a Bayern midfielder. Um, but they also pricey. You have to check how it works out in your, in your draft. But Zane would be my preferred target. Maybe, um, Thiago or uh, Goretzka. Um, depending on uh, who of the two guys are starting, uh, could also make a run uh, for his money because they are cheaper. Goretzka is 14 million and uh, Thiago is 13, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So that's the way I look at it. Talking about midfielders, let's talk about the big elephant in the room. Yosu Kimmich. He's a midfielder now. Yeah. Does that, has that ruined his value a bit like Gnabry moving to striker? Yes. Has Kimmich moving to midfield ruined his value too? Yeah. Yeah. Not interested in. Kimmich. Yeah. So that's a good thing because I, I, I actually don't really like him. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to not have to include him in my squad. Yeah, it's, it was one of those because I was looking at the, the Bayern choices and thinking we've had so many seasons really in the Bundesliga fantasy where their midfielders have been a problem. Either they've been injured a lot with Robin and Ribéry or Coman or we haven't really been able to have a reliable one that's a good source of points that, that makes sense of value. And I mean, I talk about that. I think the best one was Thiago a couple seasons ago when challenges one were still a thing. And so he became a bit of a beast because he was involved in goals and winning challenges in midfield. And now they've moved Kimmich there and we don't really like him. Sane, 17 million, very pricey and a big risk based on his injury history. Just don't know how he's going to fit in. And then, yeah, I mean, Goretzka kind of seems like the only other viable option at 14 million. And so it's a very, uh, sorry, apart from Thiago, of course, but it's just weird that we've still, despite these position changes, we've still ended up with very few options for buying midfielders, actually. Um, yeah. And that's it. My Vegas choice was Leon Goretzka for 14 million. And I don't think he's much of a Vegas choice because I feel like he's quite locked on to start given the way he was performing performing after the restart and in the Champions League. Um, and when it comes to Super Schnepchen, I think we can both agree there just isn't one in the Bayern ranks, is there really? Yeah, no. No, just like 
No, no player under 12 million who has a shot at playing, and that means no, no super snapchin. Uh, but one thing to add, I, I don't think it's so 100% locked on that Goretzka would start. Um, cause I don't know the Tiago situation. Maybe they try to convince Tiago to stay. And I, and I don't think that him warming the bench in the season opener would like that would, wouldn't be a good argument for Tiago to stay at the club. So I'm, I'm not sure well, what's do, happening. Or do they want to keep him fit so that he doesn't pick up an injury and can make a transfer, right? Because I, I don't think they, they want to sell him. I, I don't So either. they would be fine if, if he got an injury that keeps him <laughs> out for like one month until the transfer window is closed. I think Bayern would be fine with it. I think that that's something to keep in mind. And I don't think like it could even happen, in my opinion, that Müller uh, is starting on the wing. Uh, and we're seeing uh, Goretzka, Thiago and Kimmich, all three in the starting lineup. True. I don't think that's out of the question. No, I would agree with that as well. So we've kind of talked yeah. around it, but if we're talking, so Vegas choice, Super Snapchat, we've kind of covered. Let's talk about the banker. Who is the banker? I mean, of course, we've got Robert Lewandowski. I don't think we not yeah. either of us need to name him. Who are you going for for a banker, Flo? Uh, that was the one I had down. But <laughs> you're right. Yeah, of course. It's, it's so obvious. Um, and apart from that, I'm I'm not feeling that great about any Bayern player. I have, I have to say that for their price tag. So that's something to always keep in mind. Um, I think the closest thing for me uh, would be Zani if he's in the starting lineup because mm. um, I think he's a midfielder. I'm not sure how many guys will go there uh, on his first um, game for Bayern. Uh, and I mean, he likes to shoot. He's involved in shots. Uh, I can see him having a good game, but like, I have to pick up a lot of value elsewhere to, to go with uh, Sunny and Lewandowski both in my squad. Yeah, just I think just over 20% ownership so far in preseason Leroy Sane. And I think, yeah, that is because he does come with an element of risk. And I agree with you. I mean, I wrote down Alfonso Davies as my banker. And I was thinking, right, who can I guarantee is going to start pretty much every game and who's going to be involved in goals? And yes, outside of Robert Lewandowski, they've got plenty of talent. But then I was looking at the back line and thinking, right, we had Benjamin Pavard yes, uh, last year was a, was a great breakout fantasy player because I think they priced him at 12 million at the start of the season yeah. and he chipped in with a lot of goals. But I look at Davies and I look at the way Bayern play and I go, right, Pavard may actually outscore Davies, but Davies for me will have a hand in more shots and more goals because he'll pick up assists here and there as well. I think more than Pavar. And so at that point, I was kind of weighing up the two 15 million defenders and going, right, I think I'd then go my banker with Alfonso Davies. But I, I have to say, I'm just, I'm happy to see him as a defender in the game, considering he was a midfielder last season. And I do think maybe 15 million has, has shot up, his price has shot up significantly. Yeah. I maybe would have been happy with 14, but I can, I can live with 15. I mean, he's, he has to be one of the three best left backs in the world. So I think the price tag is merited, in my opinion. And if I can make it work, I'm definitely interested in, in Davis. The problem is we don't have a Bayern uh, wingback who has set-piece duties. And that was what made Kimi so valuable because he was doing crossing um, from open play but also had the set-piece um, duty. Now we got Alaba, uh, who who's doing set pieces, but he's a central defender. I don't, 
that's way less attractive in, in fantasy. And both David and Pavar not on set piece duties. And that makes it tough for me. If you look all the other high priced defenders, most of them are wingers with set piece duties. True. And that's definitely um a big positive for a player. On the other hand, I mean, it's a Friday evening game. I liked, I would have liked to go into the game with a defender, midfielder, and striker of Bayern. Just not sure I can make it work. And probably if I have to scratch one position, not having involvement, uh, it would be defense. Especially, I mean, Schalke is so deadly in, in attack. <laughs> they probably concede three, three to five goals. On that yeah, match. I can, it is very realistic. Uh, they they there. won't know what, what what's going to hit. No, them. they won't. Right? If Burg Burgstaller is on the roll there, then <laughs> yeah, that's right. If, if Burgstaller goes a whole season without scoring and then opens the account against Bayern on the opening day of the season, I swear down that will only only Schalke yeah, he, could pull off something like that. Unfortunately, he probably won't play as a no. starter, but. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be something. Right, shall we move on to the next team then? Yeah. Uh, the, the big challengers for Bayern's title, Borussia Dortmund, uh, a side that are full of young attacking talent. They are great for a fantasy game, even if they're not great for a title push all the time. So Vegas choice, Flo, who are you going in with here? Uh, I'm going with Giovanni Reina. Uh, he's 7 million. He actually started in the cup, had an outstanding preseason, and like this... They they have so much quality up front, but he's he's definitely pushing to be in the conversation to be an every week starter the way he's looking right now. You just can't be sure. And I probably won't pull the trigger on the first match day. Uh, I want to see how things shape out, especially they don't have the easiest matchup playing against Gladbach. Gladbach is in good form as well. Um, and that's why I'm definitely be a bit cautious with my involvement in, in, in Dortmund. But Giovanni Reina is, is one who's definitely on my radar uh, going into the season. Yeah, I think I think he has to be on everyone's radar for, for the most part. I was looking at their DFB-Pokal game against Duisburg where they were cruising at halftime, 3-0 up. And I was thinking, right, maybe he brings on Marco Royce at halftime, Lucien Favre, the head coach. And the fact that he didn't does make me think that Royce is still not ready for 90 minutes or at least 60 minutes of football. And that does mean that Rayner, I think, it makes his chances of being in that starting lineup even better. And there may well, may well come a time when Marco Royce, who is now a striker in the game, another big change yeah. uh, for those of us who are very used to the fantasy game um, but when Royce does come back that'll be the main challenge that Reyna is going to face I think um, and so yeah I think I think you're right he has to be on everyone's radar and I think for the most part will be because yes you mentioned preseason four goals he was uh, Dortmund's top scorer in preseason Giovanni Reyna so if he can keep that going that certainly would be beneficial uh, my Vegas choice I've gone a little bit different and I've gone for a player that again has gone through a position change that's Rafael Guerrero he's now a defender in the game now the big love it. The, 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 yeah, I know, right? The big question though right now is that Favre has been talking a lot in preseason about going to a four-man back line, and if he does that, Rafael Guerrero then doesn't become as attractive because unfortunately he's not a very good defender, but he is very good at a wing-back position and going forward. And as Flo pointed out, in comparison to Davies and Pavar. 
Guerrero does have set pieces. He takes free kicks to score them and set them up. Um, so he does have that in his locker as well. But there is an element of risk because he missed the cup game due to injury. Uh, Torgan Hazard played on the left wing. As we said, there's a talk of a four-man back line. But I do think at 14 million, Guerrero could have a big, big role to play this season. If he were fit, he would be, I think, a lock to make my team uh, just because you can't avoid having, like, you can't just buy into good matchups on the first match day because you only have three transfers going forward. And at, at one point, you, you, you'll be in a, in a, in a bad situation. And uh, I'm, I'm willing to field a player like Guerrero, even if in a matchup against Gladbach, which isn't great on paper, but. Still, I, they won the last 10 games against Gladbach. That's like, that's an amazing run they have. I'm, I'm totally on board with Guerrero. I just think he won't play. Um, cause he's, he's injured. He's still injured, but going forward, he's like, he's probably my favorite defender in the whole game. Mm. Uh, is Guerrero. No, definitely. He's got the he's got the biggest upside. He definitely has the biggest upside. Um, in terms of my super schnepfen, I went with Jude Bellingham because I think it's fair to say he, in terms of first impressions, he made quite a good one in the cup against Duisburg. Yes, he did come off at halftime. He was on a yellow card um, and he had already scored a goal. But from what we can tell at 11 million, he could be a very nice and cheap way to get into that Dortmund midfield for someone that is going to get box to box and seemingly be on the end of goal scoring chances as well, Flo. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 100% agree. Uh, he's looking great. I think he will have a role to play. I think he's very good. Only problem with him, you know, that I don't usually like to double up on positions from one club because it leads to less flexibility for you. And I mean, we've, we've got a, a guy named Jaden Sancho who's playing for Dortmund and he has to be the midfield choice, not number one. In my opinion, yeah, he, he is the he is the banker, right? Yeah. I think we can both agree he's the banker from this Dortmund yeah. side right now. Correct. Uh, although you can make an argument for Erling Haaland, I guess as well, because he he he's in good shape as well, and I, I think he will give Lewandowski a run for his money this season. Well, th this is it. I mean, I, I look at the way this preseason and this summer shaping up flow. And for me, there are three players that I think almost every team has to have in their squad and probably will have as well. And that is Lewandowski, Haaland and Sancho. Would you agree with that? Uh, in the long run, yes. I think you can, like, if you have a plan in mind, you, you could wait for the, uh, the Dortmund players to get into your lineup. Because I don't love the matchup against Gladbach, I have to say that I'm, I'm a big fan of Marco Rosa and what he's done to the club. And I like my feeling is it's not an easy, it's not going to be an easy game for Dortmund. Like I mentioned before, that the last games have been always in Dortmund's favor, but every series comes to an end at one point, and like I, I have mixed feelings about that game, and that's. Like um, I, I will probably have a tough time paying 70 million for Jane Sancho if I feel I've, there are other players who are cheaper, have a better matchup, and good odds of outscoring Sancho. Yeah, no, I, I think there's an argument to be made, but I, I don't know. I, I would look at it. They had a bit of a tough preseason at times, Borussia Dortmund, but they are a side that tend to turn it on on match day one. Um, and at this point, it's do you want to go into match day one already planning to make transfers for match day two and three? I think that's a bit 
that's tricky. I mean, we do in this game, we've got three transfers every week. We do have a lot more flexibility than other fancy games afford players. But I'd almost want to kind of not be planning too far ahead in terms of transfers I'm ready to make in a couple of weeks' time when I know I could have those players in my squad. And if Haaland, if Sancho do score, do do well against Gladbach, you know, their price already starts to rise and you're potentially playing catch-up. And that's a dangerous dangerous game to play sometimes. Yeah, and and you never know. You could have injuries or suspension in your squad that force you to make transfers. I wouldn't like... One transfer to plan ahead and saying I want to bring him in for the second match day, I'm fine with. I think more is too risky. So yeah, good point there, James. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's it's, it's one of those. We, we've of, of course we've covered the top two teams in the Bundesliga last season. So of course in the game they're going to be the highest priced. The good news is that the other sixteen teams all have some very affordable players that you can help balance your books with. So we might as well crack on uh, and move on to the next team. It is RB Leipzig. Now this is a a team that has lost their marquee player. The big money signing Timo Werner has gone and left to join Chelsea. But as a result, it's kind of opened the Leipzig market up a little bit. So I was wondering, you know, how can we how can we operate in this Timo Werner-less time with Leipzig flow? Uh, that's, I mean, they're playing against Mainz on the first match day at home last season. They they beat them eight 0 and I'd love to get into that game, but like, I'm, I'm it's really tough for me to find an angle where I feel comfortable uh, signing Leipzig players because. Nagelsmann has so many options and like I'm, I'm, I don't have a feel for what is going to happen, especially up front. He's got uh, Wang, the signing from Salzburg. I think that has to be the first player who went from Salzburg to uh, Leipzig. Yeah, it's a very rare occurrence, right? I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wonder how that happened. <laughs> and um, you also got Paulsen. So it's a it's a coin flip between these two guys who's going to start. I don't like like to pay north and uh, of ten million and then having a player who's not starting and that could happen. Um behind them you've got Olmo and Dinkunku. I expect both of them to start still. Like I'm not a hundred percent. And then I'm debating which one of these two guys I want to bring in. Yeah. That's that's definitely also a uh, uh, yeah, a, a tough question. And in defense, he, ba- he he's all over the place what he's <laughs> doing. I think the only one I feel I would feel comfortable uh, in defense would be Angelino. Yeah, but he's high priced with thirteen million. Yeah, so yeah, that's. I mean, they they have such a great matchup on a standalone fixture, and, and it's like it's really tough for me to play them with confidence. It's it's a minefield. I completely agree with you, Flo. I feel like there are a couple of players out there, your Nkunkus, your Olmos, your Huangs, who, if you pick them on match day one, they could score 20-plus points, but there's a chance on match day two they don't start. And or they, you know, then they have a, you know, they fluff their lines and they kind of, they, they bring in a disappointing points haul. And I think you've got to be careful not to fall in love with that potential 20-plus point haul on match day one if it's going to have, you know, consequences long-term that may actually not be beneficial to your team and I think that is the problem with Leipzig I think there's going to be a lot of moments where people are caught out by Nagelsmann's rotation I think there's going to be a couple of times where it's like oh this guy's in great form and yet he doesn't start like how is that, how on earth has that happened and I think uh, it 
in the one on the one hand, at least we're all in the same boat, right? We're all we're all trying to dodge the same minefield, um, and it really will be a case of who can do it best. I'll be honest, I don't have I only have one Leipzig player in my in my draft right now, and that is Angelino um, at thirteen million. So I mean, let's go. We've mentioned a few players, but Flo, how about you rattle off your three choices: your Vegas choices, Super Snapchat, and your Banker? Go for it. So Vegas choices: Danny Olmo, Super Snapchat. Uh, he's a bit off the rails, but Haidara could actually have a role for Leipzig this season. Eight million. Uh, definitely not a guy I'm looking to bring in for the first match day, but uh, someone I'll, I'll keep an eye on how his development is. And a banker, for the reason I already said, is Angelino. So I agree with you. Still, I'm not, I'm not sure if I, like, I, I will end up with him, but I've, I've, I have the most confidence in him. Uh, being actually a starter and starting like 80 to 90 percent of the games yeah and i don't have that feeling with most other players uh or at least not with other players i would have interested in, in a fantasy sense because upamecano yeah, right. is a great player he'll play but he's the center back uh no thank you yeah lime is another one but he's injured right now may not start on match day Savica one as well yeah but he's now in a deeper role right and also has taken a knock in the cup and might not play on the first match day. Yeah, very true. So, yeah. Yeah, no, my my three player choices were Huang as a Vegas choice um, at 12 million. I, I To be honest, I put down Nordi Mukiela as a super schnepchen, but genuinely, the more I think about Nordi Mukiela and Leipzig, the more I think that Nagelsmann is going to prefer playing Tyler Adams in that right wing back role to Mukiela, who's a little bit more hit and miss, whereas, you know, Adams is very reliable, uh, an in, incredible work workhorse and I think suits that role quite well my banker I took Flo's Vegas choice in Danny Olmo because uh, I was thinking about the the uh, the Sabitzer and Kunku Olmo debate right they're all on 14 million who's who's really the most attractive of them and Olmo seemed to have the preference of Nagelsmann after the restart he seemed to be getting more starts than Kunku. he was involved in more goals and I'm just thinking that that form I can see it continuing and so yeah of of a very mixed bunch I felt like Olmo was maybe the safest choice as the banker, even though he's 14 million priced, you know, so. Yeah, I lean, I lean towards him as well. Yeah, right. Oh, I have to say. Well, let's talk about Borussia Mönchengladbach next then, uh, the last of the top four teams. Vegas choice, I have gone for Rami, I'm going to start off the conversation, Vegas choice, Rami Benzabini straight off the bat, because he's someone, Flo, that I was very intrigued to see what his price was going to be this season. We know he... You know he had he had good patches and bad patches last season, but when he hit, he hit big. Um, he does have penalties in his locker as well. The problem is, I'm still a little concerned about whether he's going to be that first choice starting left back at all times, and I think that comes down to the fact that his form last season was a bit hit and miss. Yeah, although they're playing him uh, as a holding midfielder in preseason, and uh, so I, I actually think he's going to start if he's fit. But he's also. Like he's a guy who battled with injuries last season and already is not at a hundred percent. So he might miss the game at Dortmund. Um, I won't have any Gladbach player for that game in my squad. That's uh, just to be clear. Uh, I like Benzabaini going forward, especially he might even be better if he's playing holding midfielder. So, uh, that's definitely something. Uh, to keep an eye on. And, um, my biggest choice is, is Lars Stindl. 
uh, 12 million and now he's a midfielder in the game so all all our wet dreams James uh, have come true <laughs> uh, with, with That's a great Stindl not not being a striker anymore and so he's definitely on my radar but let, let's see how Marco Rosa feels uh, his squad once like Player and Turam uh, they were injured basically the whole preseason and when we're not a hundred percent how the squad will look uh, of Gladbach and they are one of the teams that will rotate a lot I guess especially in the attacking department uh, of the squad and that like otherwise if, if Stindl were 12 million midfielder and same situation as Frankfurt has we, we're talking about them later but no international fixtures much more enticing yeah. than that but still uh, like him well, no, I, I think, yeah, I, I'm fully on board with your last Stindle pick there, uh, so much so that I actually have him down as my banker. But that is because right now we don't know how uh, the Gladbach are going to line up and they don't really have a, a striker that's fully fit. Uh, player Embolo and Turam all carrying knocks of some sort. Turam was the only one that featured in that DFB Pokal tie uh, against Oberneuland, uh, a convincing win in the end. But as a result, yeah, Lars Stindl, no, knowing the fact that even with the striker's backflow, that Lars Stindl will be the penalty taker as well, most likely. It's him and Ben Zabayini that are competing for it. I would think that maybe Stindl has the edge just but I don't know that for a fact. Um, but I do agree with you also the fact that they're just not an attractive prospect on match day one. So why dip into that market just yet? That's not to say they don't have good players that could be useful in the long term. So talking of that, Super Schnepchen, who did you go for? Uh, Oscar Wendt, 7 million. Yeah, because he's he's priced down he? um, <laughs> because he's the backup for Benzabaini. But that might not be the case at all because it could be that both are on the field and like I said, Benzabaini uh, has trouble staying healthy. And that's why I think Band is an interesting choice. Because if he's in a starter, a starting lineup, he's definitely too cheap for a wing back of uh, a top club with 7 million. So, yeah, in- interesting. Like, it's just, it's a pity that they're playing at Dortmund on the first match day because I would feel confident that he's going to start on the first match day. Still not interested uh, in him just because of. The matchup. Yeah, definitely. I, for my super Schnepfen, wrote down Hannes Wolf uh, on loan from Leipzig. Uh, of course, him and Marco Rosa have a past as well from their time at Salzburg together. And so I have a feeling Wolf could feature very prominently for Gladbach because he is a Marco Rosa favourite um, and has really in the Bundesliga a huge, huge point to prove after basically being overlooked at Leipzig for an entire campaign. Uh, and he's only 9 million and a midfielder. So he could be one uh, to factor in later on. In terms of the banker, I've already mentioned mine is Lars Stindl and I don't think we need to go over why. Flo, who have you gone for the banker? Uh, Florian Neuhaus. I think he Ooh, he nice. developed last season into a really good player. He's a, a price at 12 million. I think that's reasonable. And like he's an all-around good box-to-box player uh, who will pick up points in, in basically most of the game he plays in. Uh, maybe his ceiling is not as high as with other players, but he he's not likely to give you a dud as well. And that's what I like about him. But still not on my radar for the first match day, because like I said, going into Dortmund, they're just better alternatives than 
dipping into the Gladbach market. Well, should we talk about one of those teams that may be a better dip into a market on match day one? And that is Bayer Leverkusen. And I say that, though, with a bit of a tongue-in-cheek because... There's been so much change at Leverkusen. I think they are another team. We're wondering exactly how things are going to shape up. So the question, I guess, Flo, is can they compensate for the loss of Kevin Folland and Kai Havertz? Uh, I don't think so. So because it's it's a huge loss, and um, especially since I like I like Patrick Schick as a player, but in my opinion, his profile is more like the one of Lucas Alario than the one of Kevin Folland. And Voland is the one that went away. Uh, and I think his, his clever runs and the way he's, he, he's been able to sit between defenders, they'll miss that. It's just, and we don't have to talk about Kai Havertz. He's just like, he was one of the best players in the Bundesliga for the last two years. So of course they, they'll miss him. And that's the reason why, I mean, if we're talking tactics, I probably won't have a single player of the last game of the match day, just because I don't have a great feel for that for that match. And Leverkusen is playing at home against Leipzig on the second match day, so that's definitely a tough matchup. And on top of that, I'm planning to have Leipzig players in my squad, so I don't like to have too much involvement in one game from opponent sides. Uh, so that's when I plan ahead for the second match day. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not loving, uh, Leverkusen, uh, and with Wolfsburg, I mean, they, they going into the season have an, an Englische Woche because they're playing in the Europa League on, on Thursday in like the Ukraine. Uh, they, they, they have to travel a long, long way. Uh, maybe they're doing rotation as well. So yeah, both teams are probably off, off my radar for, for this weekend, although going forward, there can like emerge some fantasy greatness from Leverkusen. I don't doubt that, and even from Wolfsburg. But um, for for the start, I'll I'll look elsewhere. Although I'd, I'd love to have players from all kickoff times. I just probably feel better about my team if I sit this one out. No, that's, that's fair enough. But talking of the long term, which are the players that you would be looking to further on during the season? So who are your Vegas choice, Super Schnepchen and Banker? Can't quit Alario. <laughs> that's why he's my Vegas choice. And I actually think you can, if you're feeling like gambling, you could throw him out for the first match day because I'm not sure that Schick will be in the starting lineup after not being with the club very long and Alario having a good preseason, also scoring in the cup. I think there's some argu- arguments to make for Alario getting the start here. Um, my super schnäppchen is, it's obvious, it's Florian Wurz for six million. He can be a player who's on 99% of like all fantasy players who haven't died since the game started will maybe <laughs> have him in like, Five to six weeks. I, I can't imagine that happening because we really hope none of you die out there. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I know uh, that was that wasn't a, a good thing to say in these times, James. <laughs> I haven't thought of that. <laughs> That's I, right. I think, I think that. everyone understood. Everyone I understood that. Uh, so I apologize to that uh, for that. But um, what I meant to say is just his his value could be so obvious with priced at six million. And he's about to break into like being a, a every week starter, and he, he like he, he's such a great talent, uh, such a young young age. Uh, I think he can can have a great season um, going forward, and I hope for his sake that they don't bring in 
uh, Harvard's replacement because they haven't done that so far. And that could definitely hinder his development because they got one strike up front who's going to play. They got DRB who's going to play. Though that are two positions um, that are locked in, in my, in my uh, opinion. And for now, they got Wirtz, who's basically set in stone as a starter. And the right winger position is the one in question. Uh, if they change that, that could be more difficult for Wirtz. But like it is, the squad like it is right now, I think Wirtz, great choice going forward. Or even if you need the money, you want involvement in the last game, I, I wouldn't mind bringing him in, in for the first match day as well. Yeah, it's true. And your banker to close it out? It's Musa Diaby. Uh, 12 million, he's a striker. Um, if a new Alario and Diaby would both start, I probably would go Alario. But I don't know that. And uh, I expect um, Diaby to having a very good season. So uh, although I'd like, usually like my strikers to be central forwards, I would make an exception with uh, Diaby in the right matchup. Yeah, no, I think he, he had a very good debut Bundesliga season. And I think the expectation is that he will kick on and add some more numbers to his goal scoring and assist tally uh, in the coming campaign. And yes, with Folland and with Harvets leaving, they do need someone to step into that breach. And he is a candidate to do it. Uh, to rattle off my three choices, I, I have to say, I really like this Leverkusen fantasy uh, pricing because it gives you options to get into a cheap market, a middle market, and and an elite market and I've kind of base my player picks around that. So my Vegas choice is the middle market. That's Exekiel Palacios, 9 million midfielder. Uh, he did grab a goal in pre-season and did feature prominently and having been given the time in the second half of last season to settle into both the way Leverkusen play and life in Leverkusen, uh, I would expect him to kick on and maybe play a more prominent role. And if he does play a more prominent role, I actually think at 9 million, he could end up being underpriced, but we'll wait and see. Um, another 6 million super snapshot. Uh, Flo mentioned Wirtz and he's a great choice. The other one is Sinkgraven who looks like he is edged ahead of Vendel in the race to be the starting left back and of course he is a, a favourite of Peter Bosses as well having worked together with him at Ajax and so at 6 million even if Leverkusen's backline isn't the greatest it's actually a, a pretty decent way to get into uh, a good backline uh, with a cheap option. And then closing it out, the banker for me is, and I say this in the long term more, um, it is Patrick Schick because I think he will be the highest scoring Leverkusen player by the end of the season. But I, I agree with Flo, match day one, I'm a little I'm a, a little concerned. And I'll admit, I've got Vitz and Sinkgraven in my squad right now, but that really is more to pinch pennies than it is necessary because I'm super convinced that they're going to do well on the opening match day against Wolfsburg. Okay, shall we move on then? Hoffenheim are the next side up. Uh, and of course, they've had a few changes as well. New head coach Sebastian Hörner's in charge. We're wondering exactly how things are going to shape up. Are they going to be as attacking? Are they going to score as many goals? Uh, you know, you'd say maybe it can only improve compared to what they were under under Schroeder, but uh, it's, a, it's a tough one to call. Uh, and I was wondering, I think, Flo, the, the big question with me with Hoffenheim is a lot of times last season, we looked at their squad and there was like one or two players that you could really pick. And it tended to be Kadrzebek and Baumgartner and towards the end of the season Kramrich came into the mix as well have any players in this Hoffenheim ranks and some of their summer signings have any of them broken the mold do we maybe have a few more options at our disposal with Hoffenheim now can't see that right now uh, you know what um, I, yeah. I think it's very it's very tough I agree I think the guy you can talk about is a guy who named your super Schnäppchen if I can spoil that a little it's Dennis Geiger 
he broke in onto the fantasy scene, I think, two years ago as a very cheap option and actually did quite well. And he seems to be a favorite of Sebastian Hoeneß so far, playing as uh, as a number eight uh, in the, in their system in this four three three. They're playing. Uh, he ha- he has a set piece duties in in his locker, so he's he's a good guy to bring in for seven million. Apart from him, I'm not interested in in any uh, uh, Hoffenheim players for the first match day. Although they're playing at Cologne and Cologne at the moment is feels just feels like the club is falling apart. Um, still, still, it's it's, it's tough I was for me. Say, doesn't that, I feel like that we feel like that a lot with Cologne, though. Yeah, it's like you you, you you have to you have to stand up to your own history, and that's what, what Cologne is doing basically. Well, that, but um, they're representing the cathedral, right? The cathedral's constantly under construction, yeah. right? Cologne's constantly under construction. It's just what they're like as a club. Yeah, but I'm I'm not that uh, pessimistic uh, for Cologne in the long run. We'll we'll talk about that shortly, um, but. Uh, my biggest choice uh, would be Ilas Bibu, uh, striker for eight million, but it's not a, like with much confidence. It's just like he's okay priced. He'll probably start, and his pace definitely can cause problems for the Cologne backline. Uh, but that's about it. And if I'm like I'm, I'm going on with my picks, a super snapshot. I think the guy who would I would be very interested in if I knew he start would be Kevin Akpoguma. Four million. He actually played as a, a right fullback, a wingback that is uh, in the cup match for 120 minutes. And if that, like, if he can keep his place there in the starting lineup for four million, I think um, he, he's a good budget uh, defender to bring into your squad, especially uh, at the right uh, matchups. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I think he's a, he's a very good option. To throw another name out there, I'll, I'll actually throw Joshua Brennett as my Vegas choice now because Flo talked me out of the other one that I had written down <laughs> with some very good arguments, that has to be said. But yeah, Kadashabek picked up an injury in the cup and as a result, it does look like Joshua Brennett could start. At, and he's a three million defender, so he could be a very cheap option uh, in terms of getting uh, someone to, to break the bank a little bit in your lineup. And yes, while the, the matchup isn't the most convincing, uh, there are a couple of players that maybe are worth considering the long haul. But the problem is I'm looking at our banker choices flow and they're exactly the same people that we mentioned last season over and over again. And they're Baumgartner and Kramerich. So really the, the landscape at Hoffenheim hasn't changed enough, has it? No. Uh, I mean, one player who's liked to Joel Linton right now because of his history is Jao Klaus. Uh, he's a striker, six million, and he was loaned out. Uh, I'm not sure how long he actually is a Hoffenheim player, but he never played for them. But had a great preseason and is like he's on the brink of being a starter. And if he actually can duplicate what Joe Linton did, there you have a great budget striker, but definitely not a guy I would bet on for the first match day. Yeah, no, I think that's a very fair way to look at things. Right, we're only six six teams of 18 down here. Yeah, James, I, I wanted to make this suggestion. Let's talk about the teams who are actually interesting for the first match day. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about all the other interesting players you can feel during the next podcasts. I was going to say, we've def- I've definitely viable. pissed off way more than we could chew here, haven't I, with this uh, I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's all right to do that for <laughs> the top, well, what are we now, top six teams? Yes. So we, we, we've talked about the Europe, European sides, and now let's go through the sides who 
like uh, we want to be involved in on the first match day. Okay, so like, if and, and we we can start with Wolfsburg. Cause please do. There's an argument to to make to fielding Wolfsburg players because they have the last. They're closing out the match day. That's a valuable. If you are able to to swap out a player who hasn't performed and and yeah have a last ditch hope of of salvaging your match day, I don't feel great about them. But they have some decently priced players uh, who I would be interesting in uh, interested in. Uh, especially, I have to to say I have to highlight Admir Mimedi. He's seven million. He's a midfielder. And in preseason, he basically got the number 10 position on, on, on lockdown. Uh, so, um, we know that he can score fantasy games. He had to play on the wing at times, and that's not his strongest position. So if he's actually playing his strongest position as a playmaker, um, I think he's underpriced for 7 million. Uh, that's a good thing. And, since Roussillon has taken a knock, I would feel comfortable fielding Paolo Ottavio, um, the left back at 8 million. I think also great price tag, uh, for Ottavio. So, um, I think he's your biggest choice to, um, I don't want to, to steal your thunder, James. He but, is indeed. Um, yeah. Cause we're wondering yeah. exactly what their back line's going to look like. They don't have any right backs right now. So Felix Klaus played there in the cup. Uh, but on the left wing, they've got a few more options, but it looks like Paolo Ottavio may have had the nod over them. And so, yeah, the Brazilian, uh, showed that he doesn't mind getting forward, uh, and could maybe be a fantasy asset, uh, at the same time. And I, you know what? I'll link it with my super schnepton as well. Cause the other player that I'm looking at in Wolfsburg's back line is Max Onslaught. Lacroix, uh, 4 million defender signed in the summer, uh, young French defender, and he did start in the Pokal alongside uh, Gilles Vogui, and so I'm just wondering whether that might be a partnership that we could see uh, more often in the coming campaign, and so therefore at 4 million yeah. uh, he could be quite a valuable asset. Definitely, I agree with that, but just keep in mind, on the first match day it's a, like this. the thought cuts both ways of having the last, so closing out the match day which means if he has a bad performance, like he's giving you a zero. You can swap him out if he's getting you minus points. That's possible. So that's like an almost cheat we can uh, <laughs> say that it's possible to have 10 players in your lineup at the end of the match day. So that sometimes is better than having 11. But you don't want that, of course. And that's the problem with having a guy we have no idea how his fantasy value is because it's going to be his first Bundesliga game. He's a central defender, which usually means his floor is pretty low. So um, if Leverkusen is clicking, Wolfsburg traveling back from Ukraine um, has a bit of trouble conceding four goals, then, then you're not helping your squad with bringing him in. Um, I agree that he's interesting going forward. I just don't feel like I would feel all right with Ottavio because he definitely has a baseline of being involved in shots and, uh, um, probably even more challenges won as a, as a, a fullback. But I wouldn't feel comfortable with Lacra uh, as my last player of the match day. And same goes true to my, uh, Super Schnäppchen. That's Felix Klaus, fi uh, five million. Like you said, he played. Uh, right back, but he's a midfielder in the game, so that's a no-no for me usually. 
Yeah, definitely. No, I, I do agree. I think, yeah, you can make an argument for Wolfsburg players, but I think if I was dipping into that fixture, I'd be... I'd, uh, no one beats the, the, the value of Wirtz and Sinkgraven for me yeah. in that one, where I could feel comfortable 100%. with them, even someone like yeah. Lacroix. Um, and so that's why, yeah, I think I would... If I'm going to do anything with that fixture, I'll stick with the two players I've got in my squad. Uh, Freiburg don't have the, the, the best matchup on the opening uh, day. Why well, I say that? I mean, they're up against a resilient Stuttgart side. So Flo, just give me the three-player picks we'll ignore mine you go for yours and we'll do it that way with Freiburg so my biggest choice would be Nils Peterson. we know he can score big um, but he needs to score for that but why not I think um, it's a disadvantage for uh, the promoted teams that they don't have the real atmosphere of a crowded stadium because usually that's like the usual way a promoted side starts into season is pretty good and then at one point, that's, that's slagging off a bit. Um, I think it's a disadvantage for uh, Bielefeld and Stuttgart that it's not that way. So usually first game back in the Bundesliga would be a great occasion for Stuttgart. I think it's it's possible that, that Freiburg just shows them that like what's going on in the Bundesliga and win this game. Uh, it's it's not I'm saying that's going to happen, that, but it's definitely possible if you want to bet on that. <laughs> then Peterson is totally yeah. fine choice. Yeah, that's that's the way you have to think. Um, think about how the game, you, how you think the games are going to go, and which players will benefit from the way that a game is playing. So tell tell this story, and then take the players. Uh, who would benefit, and then you're doing your choices of how to make your lineup. I think that's that's the way to to approach it. And I personally don't think that it's going to happen. I think it's totally viable. So that's why Peterson is my choice. And uh, just to to satisfy Milan, I'm going to name Florian Müller as the super Schnäppchen for <laughs> four million. He's the cheapest starting goalkeeper. Um, I think he he'll he almost definitely will start. Flecken got injured. You you already uh, mentioned that, and they got Upov. I think is his name from from Karlsruhe. But if they were confident in Upov, they wouldn't have signed Florian Müller. That's just the way I think about it, and that's why Müller was four million uh, cheapest goalkeeper out there. I think is a, is a good super Schnäppchen. And my banker is Vincenzo Grifo for 11 million. And he's actually, I think, a sneaky guy you could bring into your lineup because I think almost everything in the attacking play of Freiburg will have to go through Grifo. And um, I feel very good about him. Um, he played very good after the uh, Bundesliga uh, restarted. And I think he can have a great season. Um, his pricing is in no man's land. That's probably one yeah. issue for me to bring him in because he's 11 million. So usually I have the expensive guys and then I have the value guys. And it's, it's like, it's not my style to have a lot of in between players. Um, cause I just think if you, if you compare Grifo is a great player, but if you compare him to like a Jaden Sancho, like the attacking output of Dortmund, like the expectation is that it's much bigger than the attacking output of Freiburg. And at the end of the day, the limit of the amount of points you can get is limited by the attacking output of the club they're playing in. And that's just why I feel good about him. But 
uh, I have to see it working out in a way that I don't feel I miss out on a high price guy. I, I'd rather have like a costage for 15 million and, and then uh, another guy for seven uh, than having two 11 million price guys. That's just my style of play. But, yeah, but I think, I think yeah. that's, I think that's many styles. Um, I think many people have that style of play, especially at the start of the season when you've got that 150 million budget. It's a little easier when you've maybe added 10 or 20 million to your budget, you know, halfway through the season or whatever it is to then maybe go, you know what, mid price guy, I can afford him over a cheap guy. And so you move up to that. But yeah, in the mid, in the beginning, it's very much elite and cheap. Um, I think that's the way a lot of people go about it. Let's talk about a team you touched on, Philip Kostic. Let's talk about his team because in terms of opening day fixtures flow, Frankfurt have the best of them. Yeah. Um, up against newly promoted Armenia Bielefeld, who, let's be honest, didn't cover themselves in glory in the cup in midweek. And there's a chance that a Frankfurt side uh, that are motivated. And let's be honest, if we look long term as well, this is a Frankfurt side that don't have the added burden of a European schedule. Love them. Like they are, they are the them. most investable team, I think, outside of Bayern and Dortmund. No, no. Over Bayern oh, and Dortmund. Really? Over, like Frankfurt really? is like just, I, I could compose a team of like six Frankfurt <laughs> players and I, I would feel Goldmine. good about every Frankfurt player. I'm not doing that. I, I'll, I'll probably have three Frankfurt players because that's my usually way to have one at each position, but I'm definitely going to do that because we have a lot more clarity with them getting Paciencia away to Schalke. So basically now is silver and dust up front. That's great for us. And they got rid of uh, Gacidovic as well. He plays at Hoffenheim now. So we got clarity about Kamada. And yep. like Kamada is a lock yes. in my team. And I, sa I said I, d I don't usually bring in a mid-price guy, but Kamada is priced 11 million, but... Now that Kacinovic is gone, his worth is, for me, is like 14 million. I, I couldn't agree more. He was one of those where I, I was very interested to see what his price tag was. Because if it was like 14 million, I think I was probably going to convince myself to invest. But I, the minute I saw 11 million flow, I was like, that's too, that's too cheap. That's I, He's got to be in my squad. Yeah, has to be. And that's the reason why I probably will double up on the Frankfurt midfield because I, I just think they, they have such an attracting, uh, attractive open fixtures, not just this game. So if they go on, they also have really, really good games. Uh, I can rattle them off. They're, they're playing at Hatta and that's a Friday evening game uh, on the second match day. Uh, then they're playing uh, Hoffenheim at home and then it's Cologne away. So it's like fire away the, the Frankfurt players. I, I, I love them. And in midfield, it's Kamada for 11 and Kostic for 15 million. And I can't see a way how can get off these two players. I, I just like them so much. Up front, I definitely would prefer Andre Silva, but he's 14 million. Bastos is also fine. He's 11 million. So if, if price comes into, like, if, if, if I can't, if I feel better about my team with, with Dost instead of Silver, although I like Silver more, I probably still would be fine with going with um, Bastos. And uh, in defense, I think Danny Da Costa, 10 million, uh, he's my guy. Because it seems like he's back into uh, his shape that he was when, when Frankfurt was like having great seasons uh, yeah. year after year in Europe. And, and, and Da Costa, just a, a great guy, great player. 
Yeah, that was it. I mean, you said he's your guy. The question is whether he's Adi Hutter's guy again. I think there is, we saw signs of it after the restart, that there's a glimmer of hope that he may be able to get back ahead of Toure in the pecking order. And that would make him a very, yeah, very exciting prospect. Because Toure didn't touch the field. Yeah, that's it, uh, right? And the cup. That's so it. So I, I expect the Costa, I fully expect the Costa to start. And they, they're not playing in Europe. And I think, that might be like Frankfurt might be the, the team I have the most players in at the end of the season. If you count how many players I had for every match day, I'm, mm. um, if it goes like I expect, cause I expect them to break the top six again next season. So, um, yeah, I think it, it'll do a lot of good for them not playing in Europe anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of, you know, the, the preseason predictions of the league table have started to come in today on social media and people are leaving Frankfurt in like ninth and eighth. And I'm going, you guys are crazy. There's no way that this motivated Frankfurt side without, you know, the, the, the tired legs that were brought about by Europe aren't going to do much better this season and aren't going to improve. One team, if we move on, Flo, that we thought may have the potential to improve, but I think after what we've seen in preseason and in the DFB book, Carl, it's fair to say we're not anywhere near as convinced anymore. And that is Hertha Berlin. So much so that I think we're very much steering clear of them on the opening match day and for the, the first couple of match days. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I probably agree, especially since they brought in Cordoba just this Tuesday, I think. So I'm not sure who's going to start. I would feel great about Cordoba playing at Bremen. Uh, if like if he were already there three weeks and we've seen that he can do it at Hatta, because you know that I'm probably one of the biggest Cordoba supporters out there. But one thing to keep in mind, when he came to Cologne, it took him one and a half years to actually click. And I'm not sure that he's a guy you can slide in to your starting lineup and everything works out. Because usually in... in like in Germany, you say good fo- footballers will, will will find each other. They f- they find a way to play with each other. The problem with that, Cordoba isn't a good footballer. That's just <laughs> yeah. He's a great striker. He's not a good footballer. Oh yeah. That's his that that's his weak point. Definitely. Like his decision making at times, <laughs> especially in the passing game. I think his finishing has become a lot better. Yep. Um. But all that leads me like I'm, I'm, I'm a bit. I think it's a bit questionable that that he will be a great signing right away. And uh, one thing that like Berlin is short of, uh, and that is linked to Cologne, is patience. So I'm not sure how much patience they will they will have with a player like Cordoba. So, uh, yeah, he, he would be the only one probably I would be interested in. Maybe Toro Nariga, but he's priced 8 million. Yeah. That's around 2 million too much, um, for my liking to actually consider him. And then, of course, there's Mateusz Kunja, uh, 12 million. He, he's a striker in the game. I think he's going to have a great season because it's similar to what I said about Grifo, like, the attack and play has to run through Cunha at the moment, and I think it will. I'm just not sure how, how potent it uh, will be uh, on the first match days. So I'd probably stay away and I'd, I'd dip into the Bremen market. 
Um, I was going to say, after what happened against Braunschweig with Hertha, I think the Bremen market doesn't look so badly. So do we want to talk, while we're on yeah. this fixture, let's stick yeah. with the fixture. Let's talk about Bremen then, because we need to hear your opinions on Bremen at any point on this show. And I know you've done a podcast with our good friend Abel Mejeros yeah. previewing the Bremen season. So if anyone hasn't listened to that, I would highly recommend you go give that a listen before the start of the season just to see, uh, well... Get Flo's opinion on Bremen as a whole, but in a fantasy sense, Flo, what are you thinking with your side? Uh, I think they have with Thais Chong one of the must-have players uh, in this season. Unfortunately, not for the first match day because for some reason Kofeld just like he—he's not break like he's like every time I've seen him and, and I've seen all the preseason games. I've, I've seen the cup match. He's the best player on the pitch, no questions asked. He's great. Uh, he seems to be a, a great guy. I mean, the the way he already is included in the squad is amazing. And the thing is, with no crowds, you hear everything they say. And he's so involved in, in talking and talking with his colleagues and, and like trying to, to be there for them, to help them to, to make the right decisions. Uh, like he's always saying, if he wants the ball, you can hear him. And I think that's a great sign. Uh, he wants to have the ball. Uh, and I think he can have a Rashica like season for four million less than Rashica's price right now. Both are midfielders. So Rashica is going back to midfield. That would actually be interesting, but I'm not interested in Rashica before October 5th. <laughs> After okay. that, we talk. So, <laughs> I wonder why yeah. that is. Uh, but Tais Chong is like, Nine million midfield choice. I'm, I'm, I might click his name if it works out just because I've, like, if he's not going to start, he's probably coming on on halftime because Bremen sucks for the first half and then he's, yeah. <laughs> that what happened in the cup. In the cup, they were bad for the yes, first half. Then he came on and everything changed and they won the game. It's true. Uh, quite handily in the end. Yeah, it's true. They were much improved after he came off the bench. I, I heard you, yours truly uh, uh, commentate that I one. I did. Yes. I had the pleasure. Yeah, well it was, done. Uh, yeah, well I was going to say, I'm glad I started off this season by commentating a Bremen win because I think every Bremen game I commentated last season was a loss. So I've broken yeah. the curse for you. Early doors flow just in case I get them again later on in the season. But I agree yeah. with you. He's the player that looks like the minute he gets on the ball, he can make something happen. And that's great for fantasy players. Yeah. The question is, and this is what I got... I got asked straight after the game, do you think he did enough tonight to start? And I think the way we know Caulfield is that he'll be more cautious, but I don't know how long he'll be able to hold off before he can bring Chong into the starting night because I think the pressure's going to get too much because he's that good. I mean, I, I can't take Caulfield seriously uh, anymore if Selke is going to start against Hatta. <laughs> he's no longer a tactical genius. That was probably the worst performance I've seen from a striker in a long, yeah, long since time. Since you last watched uh, Davies Oki, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a long time before that. But I mean, his technique, oh, heading yeah. the ball, that was like, I have a seven-year-old son who's doing that better. I believe it's, you. It's not like, that. that's not even an, an overstatement. He had like a few crosses we just didn't hit the ball right and like it was a good chance and he hit it 10 yards wide of the post because he can't hit the ball. That's just, that's just a big issue. Yeah, him and Bergstaller, I swear, him and Bergstaller in a competition flow for the worst Bundesliga striker out there right now. So I'm not, I'm not sure. I expect him, but then if you, and I feel so betrayed by Salke because I actually, you know that I actually, 
was a Zelka supporter, but I know like, you were. Some maybe it's coming back to him, but for now he seems to have lost everything that made a Bundesliga player out of him in the first place. So indeed, yeah. But if you saw the cup match, you probably know who I'm interested in as well in the in the Bremen side, and who's actually actually probably going to be in my squad. Well, is this is this maybe the player that? Florian Kohlfeldt in pre-season said he couldn't imagine a starting lineup without Flo. No, it's not. Oh, it's not. It's, it's, it's not, not just Sargent. He's eight million. I just think Sargent, like for all his efforts, like he had one scene that was just abysmal, where they were, he was clean through to the goalkeeper. Then he wanted to play a pass to Devozelka, and that was like, why? <laughs> For all the the bad headers that Zelka did, I think this pass was probably the worst football the worst during decision. that game played. <laughs> it was just horrible. He just botched it totally. Uh, no words for it. So I don't have confidence in in Sargent right now. I think he can develop into a pretty good striker, but I won't bring him in in my one one of my valuable striker sp- spots. Won't be just Sargent. But Theo Gebrselassi uh, is the guy I'm talking about. Eight million in the game, and uh, he almost—I think he had the most shots uh, in the cup match. Like he hit the post. He was basically every set piece ended with Gebrselassi uh, having a shot or had a goal, and that's what I like about him. I, th- I think he's—he looks in great shape, and I think he's having to have a good season. And if we remember, I think last season he was ten or eleven million the years before that as well it's just cheaper than in recent years and i i think that bremen has a good chance to winning this game and gebrselassi has a very good chance of having a good game so uh, for around that price tag he's probably the defender most likely to score a goal yeah that's a, which is not like that that's still at like 10% yeah. at most for a defender, but still. Yeah, but that's it. I mean, he pops up in these crazily advanced positions. I think in the cup, he hit the post, but he had two other chances. He had, yeah. I think he had the most goal-scoring chances of any Bremen player on the pitch that night. And yeah. that goes to show exactly the types of positions he picks up. But he also gets forward and provides the crosses as well. So I do, I think, yeah, Gebre Selassie probably would have been my second choice behind Sargent as to guessing who you were going for. Um, right, because we are going so long, and because I can apologise right now, listeners, I definitely bit off way more than I could chew tonight so I do apologize for that can we say safely Flo that Bielefeld Stuttgart and Schalke are teams that people should be looking to avoid and therefore we don't really need to talk about them well Stuttgart I'm I'm not 100% would agree with Stuttgart um, and I think we have to Union to cover uh, James I've got I've got two two more teams in mind because I want to look at that Um, fixture Union against Augsburg I'll go to um, Stuttgart in the sheet and let's see I mean they've got some good budget options Uh, Stenzel Stenzel is interesting right back from Stuttgart 5 million they're playing at home against Freiburg Uh, I think he's one definitely one of the better options um, value options in defense and then you've got Koble the goalkeeper for 5 million you know what I'll throw ca- uh, these two I'll guys throw, I'll throw two 4 millions out there because I do think Castro and Kalajic who is going to start on match day 1 because Gonzalez is injured for match day 1 they may not be bad budget busters and so you can do that with the Stuttgart side I just don't see Kalajic or Castro being big point scorers in the long run um, but they can help you in the in the short term I wasn't going to mention Mainz either Flo because they're up against Leipzig away from home yeah, we know what Leipzig do against 
into mind. But what I will mention here really quickly is that the goalkeeping research I did, and I did it for the first three match days, that the best goalkeeping pairing, and I've made Milan wait almost over an hour for this now, but the best goalkeeping pairing is Florian Muller at 4 million with Freiburg and Zentner at 5 million with like uh, with Mainz because they at least over the first three match days never play at the same time. The other the other goalkeeper you could consider in this is Ralph Fairman at seven million, who has a standalone fixture in each of the first three match days, and that means that you can at that point pair him up with whichever goalkeeper you want, whether it is Corbel, whether it's Luter at Union, whether it's uh, Horn at, uh, uh, at Köln, or maybe even Gikovic if you want to spend big on two goalkeepers. So. Fairman would give you the option to pair with anyone, but the best partnership is Muller and Zetner, the two Mainz keepers, actually, but one's on loan at Freiburg, and that is a big, big factor in it. So that's the only reason I wanted to mention Mainz. So then, yes, the final two teams that I want to mention, they're going up against one uh, one another flow. Now, this is a game where some people could look at and go, oh, it's quite an attractive fixture, but I'm not convinced in a fancy sense because I'm not so sure there'll be that many goals in this one. How do you feel? I 100% agree with you there. You, you know, that's not always has been the case in the past, but, uh. Every now and again, I know what I'm talking about. I've seen, I actually, I actually covered, covered the cup match between Union and Karlsruhe 120 very dull minutes, uh, before, uh, uh, Schlotterbeck, uh, slotted, uh, goal home. And I think that's actually quite a nice story because last season was a Schlotterbeck, uh, at Union who was on loan for Freiburg. Uh, that was Kevin uh, Schlotterbeck. And now they, they, they got his brother from Freiburg on loan as well. And he, he, he was, he was good looking good. Uh, especially his diagonal passings uh, were pretty good. So, uh, I think he's four million in the game. He's definitely someone I would have on my radar. But right now, uh, Nico Schlotterbeck is his name. Um, he's not in a predicted lineup. So that would make it. A me shy away for it, but I agree. I don't expect a lot of fireworks. Union had, like, they, they, they didn't have a chance from open play in 120 minutes against a second division side who nearly got relegated last season. And just because of penalty, I think in the 19th minute, uh, didn't drop to the third division. So I, I think Union will have big problems next season although one thing to add if they're going to Castro they have to be creative and they definitely can't do that without Max Kruse uh, who's still injured and if they're playing Augsburg Augsburg probably will do more um, to to for the game which probably leaves them vulnerable or more vulnerable uh, to counters because that was what Castro was preventing they were not allowing any counterattacks. And if they can't, if they aren't able to, to do that, I think Union won't score many goals. So, so I agree with you. I, I think it's probably going to be a dull game, but still, I'm like, you could go Christopher Trimmer, but he's 10 million priced. And I'm not sure that I can stomach that, uh, right back of, of Union. Yeah, uh, Andres. Well, let, let, yeah, yeah. Let, let me tell you where I'm at because I think f- for me with Union and Augsburg, there are so there are many similarities, right? We, I think I'm waiting to see how they play the first couple of match days before I work out where I can dip into the market. But I look at their squads, and I think both teams have players that could actually be p- 
pivotal players or, or play a big role in the fantasy game uh, further down the line. And yeah, I look at the likes of Trimmel, uh, Union, of course, because you know his assist last season were crazy. But Marius Bolter is now a midfielder in the game at eight million and could be someone that's worth keeping an eye on. Nico Gieselman, who was at Dusseldorf last season and performed so well, actually started at left wing back in the cup game um, instead of Christopher Lentz, who of course you know came to great fame last season in the fantasy game, but is now nine million. Um, and I think that's you know my my eyes like bulked at that one. I was like, all right, I knew he was going to get an increase. I didn't think it would be quite that much. Um, and then on the Augsburg side, I look at players like Vargas, Caligiuri, uh, Niederlechner if he, if he can recreate his goal scoring form. We've got Gregorich going back. But could Gregorich actually find his form under Heiko Herrlich with a new head coach? Will things change for him? And then you've got a great budget option. And he's a striker uh, now. Gregorich You're, is a striker. Uh, he's not a midfielder in, anymore. You just reminded me of that. And that's why I don't like him anymore. That's right. He did get changed because he was a midfielder when the game got released. And then they changed it in that position uh, update that they did for a lot of players. And you're right. That does make him less attractive. But I'll be honest, Flo. I want to get your opinion on one person in particular from the Augsburg side, because I do think he's a great budget buster going forward. And that is because we lost Philip Max, the fantasy god himself, that left-footed magic wand of his has left our shores and moved to Holland. But as a result, that left-back role could be filled by a cheeky little guy coming in at five million called Iago. Yeah, uh, he's on my list. He's, he's a great choice and I think he's a very good choice for the first match day. With all the problems, uh, uh, I, I saw Union creating chances. Only, only problem for me is the second match day because Augsburg is playing Dortmund at home. And although they have done well historically at home against Dortmund, like these are kind of stats I'm throwing out of the window most of the times. Um, so I, I wouldn't feel great having Iago in my squad for the second match day. So, Yeah, uh, he's definitely one of the guys I feel good up about for the first match day, but not good about for the second match day. And uh, I have to see how many guys are actually ending up in my squad. Who are that? Because um, if it's too many, I probably scratch Iago. But you're totally right. He should be on everyone's radar as a starting left back. Yeah, because he loves to get forward as well, much like Philip Max used to do as well. So yeah. that's why, yeah, I just thought there were similarities. I'm not that keen on that matchup, Union and Augsburg on match day one, but I do think both sets of players could actually have a big role to play and I can't wait. I don't know about you, Flo. Yeah. Maybe you don't feel the same way, but I cannot wait to see Max Kruse back in action in the Bundesliga. I'll well, be very yeah. honest about that. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll be great. And and the good thing is you you, you wouldn't need a slow motion to, to see what he's actually doing. Yeah, you can see that. Like, it's probably being like it's easy on the eye to not uh, like uh, uh, you're not irritated with quick mo uh, movements. No, no, I, I appreciate that. He, he, yeah. he moves at his own pace. Max Cruz yeah. does. It's yeah. very good. Right, I think we've in the end done quite well. Yep. Flow. One, one, yeah, one thing to add. Yes. Uh, sorry, James, but Union is playing uh, Aklapach on the second match day. I think that's definitely something we should. Uh, say as well because that's also one reason it's not like Augsburg having a bad match on the second match day Union as well so that's and they're not having a stand a standalone fixture on the first match day and that's probably why I would leave this game alone if I can Okay. No, I think, yeah, I think that's a very 
very good point to make. Um, I, as I was saying, I think we've done very well to keep this under 90 minutes in the end, given what we did have in store. I think we would have gone on for two and a half hours if we had actually done my original plan flow. So I'm glad that we we adapted. Yeah, I was shocked <laughs> as I saw what you prepared. Yeah, I, I, I was. I, let's just say I had a very fantasy dedicated day and i think it spilled over a little bit okay. uh, into the script but what we will do I'll, I'll just close out the show on one final question for you flo because we've gone through a lot of the teams we've gone through a lot of players but in terms of helping people pick their match day one squads if you're looking at three teams that you like for match day one which teams are they in terms of their fixtures and therefore which markets are you dipping into the most like it's definitely frankfurt leipzig um, but maybe Leipzig is too easy, but that would be the one, uh, the two prime candidates for me. And then maybe it's my bias, but it would be Bremen. Apart from the Bayern game, of course, that's like, that's a gimme. But apart from the Bayern play game, it would be uh, Bremen, Frankfurt and Leipzig. You know what? Funny enough, I think I agree with each and every one of your picks there. Oh. Um, and so I, I'd love to throw out another one. I was just looking at my notes and going, who could I throw out? Am I really that convinced about Köln against Hoffenheim? No. Am I really convinced about Hoffenheim against Köln? No. So you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to completely agree with your three picks. I think there were three brilliant ones. Frankfurt are the hot market to get into for match day one. Bayern close behind them. We hope, uh, while this has been a very long ramble, we hope this has been helpful in helping you make your decisions for match day one. Uh, if if it wasn't our apologies uh, that's just the way things go we like to ramble on this show uh, and we've done a very good job of it today to say the least but that brings us to an end of this week's Talking Foosball Fantasy episode we like to start off the season with a bumper one don't forget to give us a follow at Talking Foosball on Twitter give us a like on Facebook if you haven't yet join the Talking Foosball Fantasy League for now from me your host James Thurgood Flo and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew Auf Wiederhören Auf Wiederhören <laughs>